another bank just shut down. Regulators today abruptly closed Signature Bank. Kinds of uncertainty surrounding the banking sector tonight. Markets tumbled in North America and Europe, dragged down by banking stocks and alarm about Credit Suisse. The two biggest geopolitical rivals of the U.S. want to counterbalance the dominance of the dollar worldwide, and Russia is increasingly embracing the yuan. I am an ardent defender and a lifelong defender of civil liberties. And Bitcoin is both an exercise and a guarantee of those freedoms. All right, so welcome back to another episode of Bitcoin versus the banks. I'm your host, Milan Stanoyevich. I'm actually joined by uh, somebody here from all the way across the pond in the Netherlands. His name is Bram Kainstein. Sorry, Kanstein. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, I struggle man, yeah. with the pronunciation. <laughs> no worries. That's nothing new. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk. I love your title, Bitcoin versus the bank. So uh, let's go. Yeah, man. I, I had to think carefully about that one. Uh, you know, there's a good chance, I suppose, that at some point my channel will get pulled from YouTube. And I only say oh, that because uh, within this past week, I think we've we've seen three related ones pulled down um, mm -hmm. and really for no good reason. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed that things stay the way they are and that uh, it stays online. But but we'll, we'll see. Anyways, um, see how far we get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, it's so crazy to see, I'd say also uh, with um, I saw Max Kaiser's channel was also down. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah like, one. Uh, what, what is he saying? The this system does not work, and <laughs> that is already uh, enough. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Be you know beyond the title of my show, I I think I keep things pretty tame, and I try not to push the envelope too much. Uh, we'll see. Maybe 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 we can push a little more today. Uh, so Brom, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into Bitcoin, as well as some of the um the work that you've been doing. Mm. Yeah, so um, uh, I'm uh, Bram. I'm uh, uh, I'm a digital internet entrepreneur and uh, early stage like startup expert. I work with a lot of early stage uh, entrepreneurs and companies building yeah new digital products and uh, and companies. I've been basically doing that for the past ten years from a lot of different uh, yeah point of views. Basically, uh, I worked from on an on the investor side. Um, I work for Product Hunt, which is a startup in Silicon Valley. I had my own growth marketing agency. Um, also built a lot of my own products, which uh, a lot of them failed. I think uh, over 25, but uh, um, five were um, successful or, or, or remotely successful. And I, I sold them as well. And um, I've also been in Bitcoin for 10 years. So I bought my first Bitcoin in, in 2013. I remember watching this video on uh, on Vimeo actually like uh, well I think it's called what is Bitcoin or Bitcoin explained and in the beginning I I really saw it as what I think Jack Dorsey says a lot you know like the internet needs a currency and um, that's basically how how I saw it back then I actually day traded for like three four months until uh, one night I was laying in bed and I saw all the graphs and all the numbers everywhere and I felt like oh wow this is a bit this is a bit too much and eventually also realized that I'm way too emotional to uh, to to be a trader so so I I stopped that um, back then I was also really into Litecoin like I thought it was interesting I had some of that but uh, so I, I think I bought Bitcoin at like three hundred ish 300 400 ish uh, but i also sold everything at 4000 uh, i felt uh, really great at that time you know like uh, like like a lot of people have 
um, you know, a cycle where they where they touch Bitcoin and and kind of um, lose it, and then they touch it again. You know, like everyone gets gets Bitcoin at the price they deserve. I love that uh, that quote. Uh, same for me. Um, I actually sold some of the some of the products I sold for Ethereum. So we did the transaction in Ethereum, which I then um, eventually also all moved into into Bitcoin. But I'd say from 2019, I've been um, yeah basically back into Bitcoin uh, deep deep in it. Uh, I did also um, you know do a lot of stuff in like the ICOs. Uh, space and 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 looked into ethereum just because yeah you know like i love digital stuff i love technology like i think um any new technological um era has like a wild west era which which we are i'd almost say at the tail end of uh hopefully you know like all the scams and all the crazy stuff is gone um but it is fun to like dabble in you know an early technological movement so i did um, yeah, play around in that space, just trading shit coins and all these things. But you know, uh, all roads lead to Bitcoin, so eventually moved everything into Bitcoin. Um, but specifically, actually, I think before 2019, I was already uh, way back in because at two in 2017, I actually worked in the innovation department of um, of a big bank here in the in the Netherlands, like one of the biggest banks in the in the country. Uh, I was. Um, helping um yeah different teams building new digital products you know with their development etc uh, and i was 30 with a mortgage walking around in a bank um but actually didn't really know how how money worked until i had a conversation with someone i i don't remember who but he told me you know like do you know that the money in the bank is contractually not yours anymore and i was like what like what what do you mean and then uh he, he he we had like a lunch for an hour i think and then he just explained to me like how a bank worked and i was like damn i'm i'm an idiot you know like i am here and i have a mortgage and i'm in this building literally headquarters and i have no clue how all of this stuff works and i think that was a big trigger for me to actually just dive down deeper into you know like finances economics and all these things like uh last time i did that before was in high school basically so um yeah from from that point on like for six years now i've um I've been really focused on like that side of Bitcoin, I'd say just for myself also to understand like where does Bitcoin fit in the current world. And the more I dive into it, the stronger my beliefs uh, have become, I'd say. And uh, especially in this year and after COVID, I think it's uh, really interesting what's happening, especially also, you know, like in America, like I am in Western Europe, obviously, but uh, we lean a lot on America, right? So uh, I think if... Um, if uh, something would happen in America with the system, then of course we uh, we would feel that pain as well. So I'm super interested in that, and basically that's where I spend a lot of my time right now. Yeah, awesome. I, you know, I think if people really understood banking as you sort of went down that rabbit hole, um, it, it would be I think really difficult for most people to to kind of handle that. You know, once you really understand that you, you deposit whatever the amount of money is that it's not really yeah <laughs> that it's not really yeah. yours <laughs> um, yeah. that that that's not an easy thing to cope with um especially knowing that like not only is it yours but yeah like you said you're they're, they're lending it out they're taking risks with it um i used to get really mad cuz at least in canada the way it would work is like you put in a certain de deposit especially if you went to a, uh, an atm machine rather than the teller directly 
uh, right away, they'd say, okay, we're going to hold your money for at least five business days. And like, even as a teenager, I'd go like, what the hell? Like, why are they doing this? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I asked that question, but I never really think like, okay, I'm going to explore that and find out about it. But yeah, you know, they can be as, as lenient with the money. They can take the risks they, that they want and any opportunity that they, they have to, to utilize that money, they'll take it. Whereas you can't really do the opposite, right? You can't take mm-hmm. advantage of the bank. They can simply take advantage of you. So I, I think once people go down that journey, start learning, especially if they start learning about Bitcoin, um, it, it just completely sort of changes your worldview. And, and that's what this episode is going to be largely about is like, how does, how does Bitcoin teach you about the world? What kind of life lessons can we learn? Um, you know, Brahm and I, we kind of talked before the show and went over some of the talking points and that's going to be a big focus. We're also going to talk a little bit about like the situation in Europe uh, with relation to Bitcoin, sort of how people view it, some of the adoption rates. Um, if there's time, we may get into CBDCs. We'll, we'll kind of see how things go. But um, <laughs> yeah, so so Brahm told me over Twitter, like there's a lot of things that people learn. Um, I've certainly learned from Bitcoin. So Brahm, what kind of lessons have you learned specifically? Well, I think from that moment where someone explained to me like how a bank worked, I just really felt, you know, like, I don't know if you know that pyramid of like being uh, unconsciously incompetent, you know, consciously incompetent, um, consciously competent, and then, you know, unconsciously competent, which is basically when you drive a car without thinking, you know, I just really, really realized that while I was unconsciously incompetent, like I had no clue how the system that I participated in uh, worked, you know, and I think that ties into what you just said when you when you put this money in the bank and they say, we're going to hold it for five days, which essentially means you cannot touch it for five days. You know, that just makes, I now understand and really see that that absolutely makes no sense because it is your property, you know, but just because it is the way it is, you just go with it. And most people go with it, just like I went with it. And I think that was really my first like real moment where I saw, okay, like I I need to understand this because I am not only forced to participate it, you know, like not in a malevolent way, but just like this is just how, how the world currently works. Like you have to participate in this. But would you participate in in any other system that you realistically do not understand? You know, like that that that's a for me it was a very big moment to actually realize that I just had no clue. And can I can I pause you there? Because that's that's a yeah, really yeah, interesting course. point. You're right. Like how many things do people willingly get into without actually knowing all of the sort of rules and and stipulations that are behind it? Like you know, it's funny when, when you do something and a sort of a contract is given to you and they say, oh, sign on the bottom line, really, how many of us actually read the document? Probably next to no nobody. one. <laughs> yes. But, you well, know, like, maybe. Yeah. yeah ap- apart from that sort of scenario, though, you're right. Like we volunteer for whatever it is because we feel like we understand it, at least to a degree. We feel safe in it. And it's funny that when it comes to banking, um, which is tied to money, like the base layer of everything that, you know, society requires. Um, we just kind of do a willy nilly. It's it's kind of incredible when you really think about that. Yeah, it's because everyone does it, I'd say. 
and also because we just don't really learn about it like I, I did have like economics in school but to be honest like I can't really remember it now like what that was about so I doubt that uh, I was remembering at like 28 29 and 30 I'm 35 now but uh, yeah like and and again that's also just an explanation of money and economics and you know like uh, over the years i've learned about you know austrian school and Keynesian, and um still don't understand everything fully but i do i do see the differences and yeah it's just like everyone is doing this so i'm just going to participate as well or something like it's it's easy you know like eventually i do believe we are all we are lazy and we take the easy road and that's totally just how how we are i'd say but but something as essential as you say you know about money where we exchange like i like that definition of money is is a way to exchange information between people you know like that's i i love that definition and i think if if we don't understand that like the true almost base layer of our interactions and and sharing value with each other which i think you know, was created in an organic way. You know, I love this uh, history of money where you have two villages and first people are bartering and then, you know, um, you have seashells and stuff like that to just expand and then build more and and grow further. Like I believe that the goal of humanity is to improve and move on, basically. Um, not necessarily want to say growth or something, but just like move on and improve, make it better for everyone, right? So it's kind of like an organic road to abstracting you know from bartering to well what eventually became uh, let's say gold-backed money which made sense i'd say um yeah if we if, if we just don't understand that then then when you realize that you don't understand that then obviously at least for me, I'm 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 in all these other realms now as well. Like, what is all the other stuff I don't understand? Like, is what has been told to me is that actually true? You know, like, or what is true and what is not? Or when, and I also love you know these ideas of the opposite of something wrong could also be wrong, and the opposite of something right could also be right. You know, like there's it's it's not a bi the world is definitely not binary. So, yeah, when you realize that something doesn't work in a logical way but you are forcibly part of it that's a big revelation i'd say and 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 a pretty uh yeah kind of like a smack in the face as well right like it's 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 kind of like a wake-up call in a sense that yeah you're just chugging along you're moving <laughs> moving along but what are you doing you know and i'd say that's the that's the first thing that i really learned learned so just realizing i was unconsciously incompetent um <laughs> But then moving on from that, basically, I'd say, you know, like, and that's also what I think is so difficult about Bitcoin is because everyone is in, you know, that bucket, the money bucket. I'm just moving with the system that is there, you know, um, showing to other people that Bitcoin is a provably better technology to, you know, facilitate money and thus the exchange of information between people is really hard and requires that people have some sort of realization about let's say the flaws of the system that they're in but then also have the humility i'd say that's lesson number two which i 
luckily realized that I had the humility to actually understand that I had no clue <laughs> and that I have had to dive in deeper, you know, like, so, so have that humility and also the open mind of, I, I think that's a consequence of the humility, let's say, um, yeah, to, to observe, uh, well, how do you say, like absorb the information that has then been given to you, you know, about Bitcoin, for example, and compare that to that system that you think you know. <laughs> um, I'd say those are my my biggest lessons, you know, like that actually um, proving to yourself that you can step out of that, I'd say like ego following something that you've learned, finding something else, learning about that, understanding that um, Bitcoin takes away that ego part, which I find very fascinating, right? Like almost all systems are people driven and trust driven and or organizational driven. Like we have to trust external parties um, that they provide set service for us, right? Even in healthcare or, or airlines or, you know, whatever. Um but there's other people just like you and me and they have their own life and their own struggles and their own limited time and their own triggers and past. And, you know, like there are just other people. So naturally all these systems are thus ego driven when you look at the people who, who are in charge of these systems. And that's what I like about Bitcoin, that it's just a thing. It's just the protocol. It just is there and it shows how it works and it invites people to to adopt something that is basically not ego driven uh i hope that answer makes sense but that's uh that's i think one of my biggest realizations that that we could have this system and hopefully we'll get i'm rooting for bitcoin obviously um but that will take so much of of these ego driven actions away basically and we can focus on the most important stuff, like what is value? How can I provide value for you and you and you for me? And we exchange with Bitcoin, hopefully, the information that that value represents, you know? And from there, I think the world can be uh, a better place because we remove our ego from it. And everything is just ego-driven. Like we we are less conscious, I'd say, than we think. And um, yeah. Well, listen, me, I, I agree with you, man. Yeah. I, I think, um, you, you know, going back a few, a few years, really before I started to like really study and understand Bitcoin, you know, I, I thought I had a pretty good understanding of the world and I, I considered myself a critical thinker. It's funny in hindsight, I'm like, I was not, <laughs> you know, you go through university yeah. and the, the whole point of it is to learn how to think critically, to, to ask the right questions, to, to think about, you know, when you're reading something or watching something like what information is missing, why is it missing? Asking those sorts of questions. And, yeah. you know, I, I went through so like, a dialogue, right? A dialogue yeah. is asking questions. Like, also. you know, I thought that I was actually essentially living my life that way, that like if I was watching the news, whether it be CNN or whatever, that that I was kind of thinking critically and asking the right questions and sort of saying to myself or people around me, like, you know, why are they showing this or, or what's missing? Really, I, I didn't do that. I was really just kind of taking everything in and absorbing it, like you said, and just kind of taking it to heart. And I think part of it is, um, you know, growing up, you're, you're kind of taught that journalism is this 
is sort of put on this pedestal, right? It's it's mm-hmm. smart individuals who they're the critical thinkers. They do the grunt work and they yeah. present these stories to to sort of shed light on things. And and maybe historically that was true, but I think we've gotten to a point where it's much less so about telling the truth and presenting factual information. I think it's become more how do we entertain people? How do we trigger people? You know, because it's it's getting those emotions and the, whether it's the anger or the sadness. And so, as we know, so much of it is like fear and propaganda. That's what brings the eyeballs to the screen. And so, you know, it's gotten to the point where through this process of learning of Bitcoin, I finally can think critically about the world. And and yeah, I, I kind of acknowledge and you, you like you said, you've got to be humble about it. I acknowledge that, you know, I don't know that as much as I thought I did. And, and there's something really powerful about that. Like, you know, it's, it's scary going to a world sort of telling yourself, I don't know this, I don't know that, but it's also what makes it exciting. You almost kind of feel like you're like a, a newborn or a young kid. hundred like percent. Learning about 100%. the world again. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, uh I love uh, how Jeff Booth talks about ego death. Like, I think that is part of it at least, right? Like, um, to go back to to what you said, like you, it's reborn in the sense that that you're like way more aware of how, um, and I like what you said about journalism, actually. Like, I do think that journalism back in the day was, you know, there's people out there who go out in the world and they uh, make stories of the things that they observe, right? To tell that to all the people who cannot go out there and find these stories and and learn what is going on in the world. That's why I... I love um, these tweets about like 1910s or like 1920s, like uh, newspaper articles, because a lot of those things, you know, uh, there, there was also this stuff about UFOs in America. Like that was just journalism, like just describing what people saw, literally, like this is a description of what happened, you know? And I do think that that was like that back in the days, but now, like you mentioned, like it's about clicks and views and all these things. Like for me, it feels like the, 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 the the perverse excesses of uh capitalism in a sense you know like we are on 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 either side just all the way down at the end of of capitalism and it's just about clicks and money and views and all these things and it's not about informing people and especially um like i I follow a lot of uh, political people like on twitter and in america like this whole uh for example biden investigation like I have no opinion, right? But there's like this whole investigation. There's like a, a business partner of Hunter Biden that um, uh, uh, had like a testimony, you know. There's nothing on the news in my country about this. Zero, 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 zero. There is news about Trump. So I have no, there's no, I have no judgment, you know, but it's interesting to see that it talks about the Trump indictment, indictment and all these things. I, I don't know anything about that actually what is going on with Trump right now, but that is in the news and the Biden stuff is not. And I find just that super interesting. It's just like, it's not happening. And when you tie it back to, you know, classic journalism, you should share what is happening there without judgment. Like you can share what is happening without the judgment part of it, you know? And I like that I can see this now, but it's also pretty frustrating, of course, you know, yeah. because you know, you know, there's like an, um, an information asymmetry in the world basically like this is this is why 
perhaps some people in my country think that uh, Trump is the biggest scum in the world. Again, I have no opinion, but people could think that. And Biden is a great guy, but on on the American side of the world, this is a whole different story, you know. So it's not a factual. It's it's not a representation of what is happening. Again, without judgment, you know. But it's not. They they are not sharing what is happening, and when I say like this is the perverse excesses of of capitalism, I think that also comes. And then we, it's funny because again, all roads lead to Bitcoin. I think that comes from the whole fiat mindset. You know, like the 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 the, the money is corrupt, the system is corrupt, not perhaps by default. Although there's people that that that's, that do say that. But currently it is because it was corruptible, it became corrupt. You know, uh, it's getting um, degraded in value and all these things. And I think that leads to these excesses of capitalism, because I do think that true capitalism, you know, like if we both start a bakery and I do better than you, I have more customers than you, you know, and uh, th that means you have to do better work make better cakes or just quit your bakery and do something else you know like that's kind of how i view capitalism like that's a fair battle basically of value you know um but right now um yeah we are pretty far away from that i'd say well when you start opening your eyes and thinking critically the way that we're at least attempting to do you know you quickly start to feel you kind of mentioned this before sort of like the, a conspiracy theorist you kind of feel like a wacko i even talked to jeff booth about this it's like when you yeah. open your eyes to to the way that money functions and the, the inherent problems behind it it's like you see the world differently and the moment you start communicating that with people it's it's sort of an uncomfortable kind of cringy conversation you have so i'm i'm wondering like how is your sort of new perspective on life how has that impacted relationships you have with family with friends and even just like work colleagues. Mm, yeah, I I I'd say, well, fun thing. I think I almost orange pilled my mom, so that's good. Like uh, like two weeks ago, we had a long conversation. Uh, I was uh, I was at her place, and we we talked about it for a long time, also with my stepdad. And uh, I think I think she's almost there, so that's fun. Like she's really interested in the fact that I'm so interested in it. So that's why we talk about it. Um, I do realize, of course, she comes from a very different generation. Um, so that's that's been like a fun thing to kind of like uh, drop from time to time. But actually, like a few weeks ago, we had a big conversation about it. So I, I think she's almost there. So that's fun. I love, I love to actually see that for someone who's over 60 um, and is actually able to to open her mind to a certain degree to to at least hear me out <laughs> you know and hear something that is definitely opposite of what she's been taught or what she thinks she knows um so i think that's that's fun i also see that there's a lot of people that i just organically speak less to just because i see them really stuck in well, what people would call maybe the fiat mindset or, you know, like just, it is the way it is. I'm not going to change it. I'm participating in it and basically not really talking about the fact that it doesn't really make a lot of sense, you know? Um, so that doesn't, that doesn't give me a lot of energy actually to then, you know, still interact with these people. And I think 
I think that's okay. Uh, I, yeah, I do think that's okay. I think uh, I, I would love for them to to see Bitcoin as well, obviously, you know, or you know, at least help them pull a thread and then uh, you know discover more. Um, and you're not saying you dislike those people. It's just it's sort no, of no, yeah, to no. Connect with it's them. just yeah, of course. Like I think I think a personal relationship is 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 like a giving and taking something right like uh, you 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 have to if you if you put in energy you hopefully get some energy in return you know and you you grow together basically you discover together and you just um you know um think about the world and talk about what is happening in life and realize that you both um you know you don't you don't know everything you know again i'd say that humility and that it's yeah, actually interesting and fun to explore that what you don't know or that what you think you know and then hear somebody else out that thinks the total opposite, you know? Like, again, I, I, I think that real dialogue is also when I got older, I would say, but uh, it's just way more interesting. Like, there's no um, there's no BS talk anymore, actually. So so that that's what I like. And then uh, or well, I do hope for these people. So there's a lot of people I don't speak to anymore, but but actually found quite a number of new friends um, who do who do think the same and are interested in exploring together. You know, and and that's actually fun because I think a lot of people say when you get older it becomes harder to find new friends, <laughs> right? Um, but I'd say in, in in yeah with a Bitcoin mindset or or a critical thinker mindset, uh, um, people like that actually gravitate towards each other because they understand that they don't know everything and that it's actually fun and valuable to explore together. You know, like uh, I I have not met any Bitcoiner that I didn't like, for example. You know, like they are just open and and you see that humility that yeah I just don't know everything so. Tell me what you think, and uh, and then we'll talk about it. You know, so um, yeah, and you're not yeah, so I lost some on everything, but that's okay. Yeah, of course. And if you think that you know everything, yeah, that's I now kind of define that as very narcissistic. Actually, you know, <laughs> like uh, you have no clue, and 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 people find each other and we talk about it, or like on this podcast right now. Like I think that is fun. Like I. I have no expectations, basically. And I think that's the best. You know, that's where you can really learn from other people's point of views. And again, like the opposite of a bad thing can also be a bad thing or, or the opposite of a good thing can also be a good thing. Like uh, multiple things can be true at the same time. And uh, I think that's the insight that I can definitely attribute to my Bitcoin journey, I'd say. Like uh, there is, has been someone or a group, you know, Nakamoto, who put all these different ideas from different people together and made it their own invention or discovery. I like the word discovery, you know, like they, they saw all the puzzle pieces and put that together and that thing clicks. And that's, uh, I think the prime example of humility in a sense, you know, there's not the, 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 the concept of the idea is a uniqueness, but all the little parts were already there, you know, and I think that's really that's dope. Like it's just like in the design of Bitcoin shows shows that humility. And again, like it's it is just a protocol and it runs. And uh, people who can 
see that humility, I'd say, and recognize that it's fair and open. They will, that they are going to follow it. And that's why I also think orange pilling is so difficult. <laughs> it is difficult. Yeah. Like yeah. you and I, we, we don't know each other in real life. We just kind of met uh, through Twitter. And mm -hmm. I know that eventually I'll, I'll make my way to the Netherlands. And I know that if you and I hopefully can like connect in person, like you and I will hit it off. Cause that's, that's the thing is like, we don't, we don't go into any sort of situation or conversation with our egos, you know, at the forefront, we we're humble enough that we can admit that we're wrong and we are open to the different ideas and to say, you know what, I was kind of wrong about that. Maybe I need to shift my thinking or maybe just think about it in a different light. And just knowing that you're communicating with somebody who's, who has that rather than just kind of pushes you away and says, I know everything like that. That's very special. And, and I agree. Like I haven't met a single Bitcoiner who I haven't been able to get along with and built some sort of relationship with like one thing I'm into are, are movies and music. And I think most people are, but even if I met a Bitcoiner who wasn't, I know there's other areas that we can like concentrate and still have like an amazing conversation with. So that's exactly um, like you, you connect on a, on a certain level. That's not about the content uh, that you discuss. Right. So you, you exactly. can basically talk about uh, anything. No, I, I agree. Like uh, you, you can sleep on this couch if you're here. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, because this actually this is kind of a personal thing for me. Have you learned anything related to health? And the reason I say that is like, you know, Bitcoin's this technology. It's a monetary asset, but it's amazing when you when you go online and you just see how many Bitcoiners are kind of health conscious. And I say that because even I recently have started like exercising and eating properly. So do you think that Bitcoin kind of teaches us some sort of health lesson? Yeah, funny. I love the, I, lo I love this question. Uh, I've been actually going to the gym five times a week for the past eight weeks or 10 weeks or something. I started again, I have to say. Um, and I also see that, like, I love, uh, I follow this guy, Austin Herbert, on, um, on Twitter. And he, like, open sourced his fitness protocol. And again, like, that's also, like, almost like a Bitcoiner thing to do, like, he oh, spent, I don't know how long, I want to say 10 years on figuring this out for himself. Like he's super ripped and he just says like, fuck it, this is all I know. And here it is, you know, and, and that's it's like a hundred page PDF he put out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's just dope. Like that is, that is, that is so altruistic, you know, uh, and really, uh, yeah, that's almost like a, a core bitcoin mindset almost like just sharing what you know and figuring it out together you know and he, he he's creating this community like i i think that's cool so actually um actually dm this to him like he's one of the reasons that i i actually started working out again so that's why i love this question um but yeah and I, I think it also comes back i think um breed love says like this is the proof of work like literally when uh you know like the way breed love looks uh he says that ah, this is my proof of work and i I don't know what it is. It's it's also it's it's kind of this mindset thing, but also this realization is of like no one is coming to save you, and you have to take care of yourself. You know, like it's about taking ownership and agency. And I think it's funny how how that ties back into Bitcoin. Um, like I have a few millionaire friends that I'm trying to orange pill. No luck yet, but one of them said like, "What if I have a million in Bitcoin on?" A ledger or you know any other cold wallet like i have to guard that i said yeah that's the whole point 
but that's that like ownership and agency part that he has never known for this amount of money you know um so in in a in a gym and health setting that's um simpler in a sense right uh, uh but, but i do think it ties together in a sense that that once you understand that you can be the real owner of your wealth then and i didn't make this up before but you know you are also the real owner of your health basically right and i think that's where this ties in in a sense that yeah this ownership and agency uh, uh part comes from realizing that you can and you should be the sole owner of that like there's no there is literally no other way um yeah i think that that would be my answer to that like uh i love that question that's great i see the same like fun what was that for you then like what what was your your trigger there well part of it was the uh the sort of proof of work mentality that comes from breed love um the other thing is like understanding that um you know, money represents, it's essentially a token of time, right? Uh, energy that's mm -hmm. been spent doing whatever. And, you know, we understand as Bitcoiners that time is our most precious asset that we can have. And like me having two children now, you know, I want to be there with them for as long as humanly possible. And not only do I want to be around for as long as humanly possible, but I want to be able to be active with them. And like, I've gotten to a point where, like I used to joke and say like the most exercise I've had is like lifting a sandwich. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you, when you become that, um, lethargic and just not doing things, uh, it gets to a point where, you know, you get up off the couch and you go up a, a flight of stairs and already you're kind of huffing and puffing. And I don't want to be like that. I know that like when my son, you know, he's only three months old, when he starts running around, I've got to chase him and I'm going to be chasing him like all day long. So I need to be <laughs> at least remotely active and fit to, to be able to do that. So, yeah. um, it's, it's really like taking care of myself, at least to a degree where I feel comfortable in, in being with my kids and doing the things that they love and want to do. Um, it's, it's also obviously wanting to look better too. I mean, who doesn't want to look better in their photos? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just kind of taking ownership of myself. Um, and I think you know, the more somebody does that and just like puts in the work, has that, has that sort of proof of work mentality, I think it just makes you like, a better person you kind of feel better about yourself even to the point where now when i go grocery shopping and i'm checking out i'm almost like here could you take a picture of the food i'm buying like i just feel very proud <laughs> of it and like in yeah. the past it would be the total opposite it would just all process well, that's because foods. it's funny right because you're thinking about it you're not just moving along that's what i hear in that and i i fully agree like i think it's 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 like you're automatically proud if you realize you're taking agency even when you buy a banana instead of a cookie or whatever you know like that when you realize that you're consciously doing that that's a great that, that's an achievement already right like just the realization is an is a reward and that is addictive i'd say uh in in a good way that it that it makes you go like uh, i had the same when i started like 10 weeks ago i thought okay i need to build the momentum so I'm just going to go four or five times and just find the joy in working out again. And then after two weeks, I like, I now hate it when I don't, when I don't go, like I, I, I haven't, uh, not gone basically. Right. It was pouring rain last, uh, last week. And I just went, uh, you know, and, and I think like a few years ago, I would have thought, oh, fuck it all. I'll go tomorrow, you know, but, um, that, 
just going there already is is already the reward and that you knowing that you're putting the work in and i actually uh i'm working on this little hack where uh, i'm just listening to bitcoin podcasts actually <laughs> during workout i'm just listening to people talk but in the back i hear like of course this uh, gym music right just like the the house music or techno music so i'm exploring with a friend if we can like combine this and make a new genre like a, a smart <laughs> a smart workout where you just listen to a podcast but you do hear a beat or something i don't know if it's going to work out but uh, that was a fun idea from uh well from, i know there's there have been like people. remixes of sailor conversations so yeah it's yeah exactly yes yeah, st stuff like that yeah yeah that's funny um so we, we've talked a little bit about you know various lessons that you can learn from bitcoin um and we kind of mentioned this off air earlier do you feel like understanding bitcoin and sort of money more broadly does it sort of can, like can you use that as a tool to examine historical events differently and I gave the example earlier with you of like taking World War II. Like some have argued that it was merely a continuation of World War One because the reparations put upon Germany were just so extreme. It kind of set Germany in the wrong direction economically. They were just sort of bound to go to war. Um, so knowing that, and, and it doesn't obviously have to relate to Germany, but just like any historical events, and usually war is probably the main one to think of, it's like when you understand money, does it make you think a little bit differently about that? And obviously we don't have to think about it in terms of um, historical events. It's just like, and we've kind of touched on this already, but like how does understanding money affect your ability to to think about events, think about people and their actions in kind of mm -hmm. a new light? Well, I think, I think when you think about war, you know, like I also think about battle and, and, and I really see the world as like a battle of ideas, you know, like it's just no one has figured it out, right? Everybody is winging it. No one has figured it out. So we are basically in a, in, yeah, in a world where we battle ideas, whether it's left or right or Austrian or Keynesian or, or, or whatever. And I don't know a lot about, you know, what you just mentioned with, with, you know, going from World War One to World War Two, But if if you put it in that context, like, of course, there were people that had the idea that this or that should be done, you know, to, uh, to um, do something with these reparations or, you know, uh, debt from one country to the other or the struggles so politically wise, etc. Like, but that is, again, just an idea of how something should go, right? And that's really how I see the world. And I, I do agree that's probably never ending. <laughs> you know, anything we hear, like you also have a, a young child, right? Like we have we have children the same age. It's everything you teach them or tell them is just an idea that you have of how something works, basically, right? And that's what they take for, they, they just take it because you are the authority, right? Like you are their parent and they just absorb it and then, they integrate it and then that is their idea of how something should go. So I I do think that's like a never ending battle. It's just a never ending battle of of, of ideas. Um, but to tie back to your question, like I do think that once you realize that the very base layer of our information exchange is corrupted because it was designed to potentially be corrupted and obviously became corrupted yeah if 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 that is if my idea of that system basically 
turned out to be not true, right? Like what I mentioned, what I what someone explained to me, like how how it worked. Then it would be weird to think that all the other stuff that I think I know is actually true, right? Um, and and especially like we we live in 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 a in, in a Western world, I think there's a lot of narratives or thing things that we think we know that are definitely not true. Um, I don't think I need to mention stuff like that. It's more conceptually, right? Like there, once you realize that the very base layer of information exchange is corrupted, then yeah, obviously other stuff is also uh, corrupted, right? Like I had a conversation with um, uh, my in-laws. Uh, they are German actually this weekend about, uh, you know, Ukraine war again. Like I don't know enough about it, but we say, oh, Russia is bad. And Russia says, well, we had an agreement with NATO borders and you know you have like these nice uh, animated <laughs> uh, like pictures where you see nato moving towards russia like i don't know what's true mm -hmm. um and again i have no opinion but i uh, and i think you also said that off mic like what should you believe anymore right just because uh the government of the country that you're in tells you idea a right version a yeah, I don't know if it's true. And Putin says version B, I also don't know if that's true, right? So it becomes really hard to, be, be, because, yeah, I almost want to say like mentally you are above that, you know, you are not just following whatever has been told to you. Yeah, that's just really hard. And and that doesn't, um, you know, change the fact that uh, Putin bombing citizens is fucking horrible, well, obviously. But, you know, Again, by the way, that's also interesting, right? Because that is what the conversation is about, which it should be about. But there's like multiple layers above that. There's so much other stuff going on that no one talks about, be basically because we have no clue. But that what happens there is obviously the origin of what happens down below where, where the people, innocent people are just being bombed, you know, and obviously that's not good. But I think, yeah, perhaps that's an illustrative example of, 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 yeah, what you just asked, like, I, I just don't know what's true. And I am geologically in a location with a government that supports the Ukraine side. Yeah, I, I honestly have no, I don't want people to die, obviously, but I have no opinion. Like, I, I just don't know. And yeah, I don't know yeah, if that's I'm, an answer, but no, that, yeah, that's, where that's, my great. Thought, that's where my thought went, basically. Yeah. No, I, I think that's great. And I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I'm feeling the exact same way. Um, You know, what Putin did. I, I don't know how anybody can defend it, but at the same time, there's all these other things that, that at least we've we've kind of heard uh, from time to time, not usually from mainstream media, you kind of hear from other people, and it makes you wonder like, hmm, like okay, was there some sort of incentive for them to go in? Um, it, it makes you ask questions. And at the end of the day, like, how do I know? Like, I have no idea what to believe or who to believe because like, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not there. Like, unless you've got your your feet on the ground, actually seeing it with your own eyeballs, hearing it with your own ears. Um, it, it's just speculation. I mean, to me, thinking about what is going on in and around Ukraine, it for me, it was it's as much of a guess as guessing the Bitcoin price. Like, I have no idea, honestly. No. And like, <laughs> so for me, like, around the time that uh, Russia invaded, um, it wasn't, I want to say it wasn't long after, maybe long before, where... Uh, you know, we had the trucker protests here in Canada. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, it started in Ottawa. And then in Toronto, they had kind of a similar thing, just on a much smaller level. And uh, when they said they were coming to Toronto, I live close by. So I said, you know what? I want to go down there. I want to actually see it from my own two eyes. And I said that to a couple of family members. And they looked at me like I was kind of crazy. I said, well, I just want to know because I, I keep seeing on the news that like there's people out there with Confederate flags. There's like neo-Nazis. And I thought like that just doesn't sound real. And even if it is real, those would be like radical people that probably others there are going, get out of here. Like we do not want you guys like representing mm -hmm. us, you know? Yeah. And it's sort of one of my biggest life regrets not going down. It's, it's interesting because you assume that that is probably true. What you just said, right? There's like on either end of the spectrum going that far is bad anyway, because you're totally not open to any other ideas. Right. But I would assume the same, but I think it's interesting that you said like, I, I would love to go there. Like what is, if it's all neo-Nazis, then okay. That's probably very, very bad. Um, but is that actually the case, right? Like, uh, but you didn't go. I didn't go just, just because of the sentiment around my family. And uh, they, you know what, part of it too, they were worried like that I was actually going to be hurt if I was going around asking questions that somebody would get violent with me. So I was like, you know what, just to kind of appease you. But yeah, it's, it's probably one of my biggest regrets not going because it would have been sort of my opportunity to really kind of say, you know what, I can clearly like definitively say that the media is lying to us about this. Issue. Yeah. You can have an opinion, right? Like that's yeah. like challenging yourself to figure out what is my opinion actually. Like, is it, is it a valid opinion, you know, based on something that actually happened. And I think that ties back to what we talked about with journalism. Like, you know, it's the stuff you see on the TV, like how much of that is true, right? Because you see, a video that's been taking of something so something took place right but but do, do you get all the context like do you do you actually get enough information to have an honest <laughs> opinion you know and i think yeah that's a that's an interesting question i i actually had to think about um in a in my country there's these protests by extinction rebellion and it blocked like highways and actually you've been wanting to go like and every time, like they have it almost each month, the few thousand people and then they block um, these highways. Like, I really want to go. I just want to see like, like, like who are these people? How many people are there? You know, again, uh, I don't think sharing an opinion really matters about this, but, but I want to see what happens. Like it's a thing and people talk about it. Like I want to go there. I have exactly the same. So I think in September, there's another one and I really want to go just to, see and experience and yeah understand where they're coming from so i can inform myself you know to to create that opinion yeah yeah it's not because you're looking to disseminate that information publicly it's just like you want to know for yourself like what sort of the reality of the situation is well they have there again you know when you think about battle of ideas like they have an idea mm -hmm. i have an idea we are both probably wrong in some sense but if you if, if if you don't talk to the other people or if the other people don't want to talk to you, that's also a thing nowadays, I'd say, you know, then how 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 do we get further together? Like I don't really I don't really see that, basically, right? Um you like we need to do that. Um if we just say like I'm right, you're wrong, then it just becomes 
really there's no conversation right and i think uh now i have to if we tie it back to bitcoin what you just said uh a while back uh you said something and i had to think about i i do understand why some bitcoiners sometimes including myself you know are just very adamant about you just need to adopt this because this is perfectly engineered you know you like and 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 the, and the system you're in doesn't make any sense it's not logical um this is just transparent and open and, and inclusive and all these things you know that that what bitcoin is that people uh bitcoiners get so agitated you know like i just know that this is true and you just need to follow me you know like uh, i also say to my friends like i love you i put twenty thousand hours in this like i know honestly i know please please just do it you know like it's not about number go up it's about you know the fact that i love you honestly <laughs> and i want you to also see what i see you know um but that is not a conversation right like that no. is me sharing my idea that's not me trying to understand where they are at now and that's also what i love actually by the same guy about, from austin he had this article which was called an orange pill for bitcoiners and uh that's where he shares about the moment where he realized that we should not pitch Bitcoin. We should not say what you are doing is wrong and this is better and you should adopt this. Like that, that it's never worked like that. You should not explain. You should ask questions, you know, to under to to let them talk and understand where they are at mentally right now or 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 how much they understand actually. And from there you start the conversation and you know and, and I know that Bitcoin eventually will come up, but that's not where you should start. And uh yeah, I love that idea because I think that's that's when, you know, we can actually reach more people and help them eventually uh, help themselves understand that there's something that is better than, than what they are stuck in now, basically. Yeah. I think I read an article. It, it wasn't by him. I can't recall who it was actually written by. I have to look that up. Um, but it was essentially saying, like, you've got to meet people where they are and kind of find their yes. pain point because we all have like certain issues and concerns that we have to deal with. So whether it's, you know, oh, inflation is killing my business or, you know, the, the politics of our era is what's sort of like making it difficult for me to learn or to, to do my work, whatever it is, right. Finding people uh -huh. uh, where meeting them where they're at, finding what their issue is kind of like discussing that. And like you said, it, it eventually it all somehow ties back to Bitcoin because Again, everything ties back to money in some way. Yeah, and and we know that we know, right? Like that's the difference between we know we are right. I honestly, I I dare to say that I know that I'm right when it comes to Bitcoin. Like I just, I once said to my girlfriend, who who I did manage to orange pill, so that is amazing. Like if I'm wrong about Bitcoin and this is a scam, a sham, a CIA psyop, whatever then you will not see me for, I don't know, three months and I will be in a cave in India reflecting as to how I was so wrong about this. Like I, yeah, I just know myself. Like I, I yeah, what I said, I've spent 20,000 plus hours on this. <laughs> and, yeah, That's a really I, good point. Like, like what do we do if it, we're wrong? You know, like, <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know. I think it'll break me a bit, but yeah, I, 
I just I just know that this is it because again, this is not tied to an ego. It's a technological protocol based on math and physics and all these things. Like it takes all the human stuff out. The 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 bad incentive human stuff and the good incentive human stuff with the game theory and the in investing in cheap energy and um having it open again, inclusive, transparent, all these things like it it just ties into the the positive. I would almost want to say like, yeah, like I said, like game theory incentives that that people have and all the perverse stuff and and uh, and uh, the corruptibility is just it's just gone because the base layer is there's no human involved. That's basically it. It's just a thing. It's, it's just a thing. Like there's, yeah, no one can fuck with it, and that's why <laughs> it works. Like it's it's one of the only things that is perhaps the only thing that's incorruptible and yeah that's just amazing that's why i think it's a it's a discovery and not an invention you know like it's just we discovered something to basically play ourselves we are playing our ego right we are fooling our ego like you want to mess with this you can't you can only contribute to it you know and that's why yeah i just think it's a it's a positive uh positive thing for change yeah this conversation just Kind of reminds me of what you know people often say it's like did satoshi envision this when he you know came up with his design for bitcoin sort of all of these like second third fourth layer effects um i mean he created this protocol that's meant to fix the money issue but the more you learn about it the more you're like wow this has a sort of like philosophical component to it like wow think of all of the ramifications it has in tr like transforming the energy sector it's just like i don't know it's funny like the light bulb in your head goes off every once in a while you're like wow i can't believe i didn't think of that or like wow yeah. I, I didn't think about it in that way and it's just it's it's truly incredible and that's why like when you said 100%. like if yeah. i'm wrong about this like <laughs> i don't know how i'm going to react I, I guess that's the thing is like when you do the work when you put in like the tens of thousands of hours learning about it and for those of you out there that are kind of new to Bitcoin, I know that sounds um well that's that 10 like years on and off. <laughs> so that's why I say that. But but I saw someone said like it takes you like 200 hours to actually understand that I I do agree with that though. Like it's so many yeah. dimensions. Yeah. You've you've got to put in the work, but like when you do, like it's 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 transformative in a positive way. It's like again, it it shifts your thinking and at first you kind of have like your world crashing down on you, but then you have mm -hmm. this sort of overwhelming joy of like, wow, I found this thing that like changes my perspective on life. And like, I mean, once you start also thinking about the actual investment part of it, you're like, wow, this thing has a lot of room to grow still. So yeah. yeah. Also, and now that you say that, I, I think about two things. Like one is I love the, I think it was safe Dean who said, who talks about like, uh, long-term and short-term time preference right like uh and i and i also talk a bit about um, uh, when people go to my twitter there's like a pinned tweet which is like my my bitcoin coming out thread like my w idea of how to explain bitcoin to other people and that's where i talk about um you know like ev everyone takes risk with taking a job or doing a venture and they are they are putting in the work and and putting out value and and capturing value in return, right? Like I paint your house, you give me money value in return because we don't barter anymore. And and the value that represents uh, the value that I put in is captured in this money, right? 
but if I don't want to spend it to spend the money right now, I want to preserve it to spend it in the future on something that I need uh, that also costs, or I have to say not money, but like the energy huh, that I put in is captured in the money that you give me. And I can spend that on other things that cost energy to create or to maintain, whatever it is. And because the money is corrupted because over time it loses its value, right? I think uh, that what is the number from 1920s to now, the dollar has lost 99.8%. The euro from 2000 to now, so that's only 23 years, has lost, I want to say 30 or 40%. I think it's 30 wow. uh, percent of the value, but only in 23 years. That is just a given. It's a fact. It's not a theory. It's a fact, right? Like the money is being debased. So if you want to save the energy in that money over time, you can do that. You can keep that money, but you will be able to, it, it will have less energy basically over time, right? So what Saif Dean says, like that gives people who maybe want to have a long-term or a long-time preference, a short-term time preference because they have to spend the money if they if they understand that the money the energy is melting away they are going to spend it right now which actually gives you a lot of like extra stress you have to make decisions you have to figure out what am i going to spend this on um that's i think why you see a lot of this like uh, alibaba china stuff and stupid fast fashion that people just they just spend stuff they just spend the money because they they under well, they feel or they understand. I don't know, but there's a mechanic behind it. Like they need to spend the money to get a gratification for for that energy that's captured in the money. But when we have Bitcoin, um, that has you know a, a predictable amount of coins of bits or sats or whatever you want to call it, you know, and you can save that energy infinitely into the future, then you will have a long. Uh, long-term time preference which actually depletes you of all this stress and yeah i'd say almost could enlighten people you know like there's way less decisions there's way less stress there's way less risk like i i just absolutely love that and i i, I also see that you know that, that that could be possible so that's one of the things i thought about when you mentioned this and the other thing i also absolutely love and i think it's interesting to see the discussion about, you know, the whole software thesis from Lowry. Um, I once replied to a tweet of him that he uh, liked. So I think I understand what he mean, what he meant to say. But I said, so when we have hash wars between country, right? We have energy wars between country because it's basically uh, the, the, the hash power fighting against each other because war is always happening basically the power struggle between the countries when that happens using you know the bitcoin uh you know hash rate and bitcoin incentivizes to find the cheapest energy therefore incentivizing to innovate in ways of capturing the cheapest energy right like wasted energy or excess energy stuff like that then we will basically save the world by waging war that is inevitable and that's what i tweeted and he liked it and i was like okay that's an interesting thought like that is just so far away but i love that that we can actually think about that you know and it would be 
pretty cool to see <laughs> that the power struggles that are just always there will eventually make our world better. That would be a hilarious <laughs> result, <laughs> I almost want to say. Like, it, it, that would just be amazing. And again, then we are playing ourselves, right? We are waging war, but we're saving the planet at the same time. That's just, I find that a very entertaining and interesting uh, thought. Yeah, so those are two things that, that came up when you mentioned that. Yeah, the, the thought of sort of these economic wars rather than kinetic wars is mm -hmm. it's pretty it's a fascinating discussion. It's probably something we could do a whole episode on. Um I'm curious though, because like the Bitcoin conference is coming back to Amsterdam uh in October, I believe it is. So yeah. it makes me wonder like how popular or how let's say well known is uh Bitcoin in the Netherlands. I think it's pretty well known. Like the Netherlands always uh, has always been like at the forefront of technological innovation. Like uh, internet adoption is, I think like ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent, like just very high. And it's always been like that. I um, I once saw some research that about like two two million from the eighteen million people. Uh, so that doesn't that the eighteen includes kids as well. So I don't know how many adults, but like two million uh, people in the Netherlands have uh, cryptos, and the biggest part is then the Bitcoin. Um, yeah, that doesn't really uh, surprise me. <laughs> I'd say. Um, but yeah, it's actually, uh, it's funny when I, when I write to the city that I, that I live in, I see a lot of Bitcoin stickers and study Bitcoin and there's people who stamp study Bitcoin on the, on the Euro bill. So, uh, nice. I think there's actually a, a pretty active, uh, community here. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to go to the conference actually. I've never been. So, um, yeah, I'm super excited to, to go and hopefully, uh, I would love to meet Greg Foss. I love him. So uh, I don't know if he's going to be there, but that would be, uh, that would be dope. Yeah. Yeah. But, he's, uh, he's yeah a, I think, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Actually a pretty decent uh, adoption. Yeah. And some big, uh, there's some big uh, books. There's a, there's a pretty well-known book, which is called Our Money is Broken in Dutch then, uh, which is done quite well. And there's uh, quite a few also like Dutch uh, Bitcoin podcasts. So um, yeah, I think steady and growing. So uh, that's good. Nice. Yeah, we we need more of that coming out of Europe because I know Peter McCormick talks about how in Europe there's somewhat of a weak Bitcoin presence. It's quite strong in uh, in America. Here in Canada, mm -hmm. it's actually quite large as well. So it's good to see that like there's sort of a grassroots movement happening where you are. Well, yeah, there's of course like way more different countries, right? Uh, and and that is also, uh, I think, perhaps that 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 where that's where that comes from. Like uh, people people have a lot of local events probably and podcasts uh tomorrow i'm actually recording with uh, nico yield uh, so he has a dutch or he has a german podcast but we are recording for the english one so there's i think way more localization right and and uh yeah america canada uk that's just <laughs> that's english so that's uh, that's easier yeah. i would say yeah i'm curious like how bad is inflation there when i say inflation i mean like the cost of like foods and energy and stuff like that uh, yeah, I think it was. Um, I think it was down this month from July, but still like five-ish percent or something. So like they celebrate it, but no one tells it's uh, like uh, <laughs> compounding. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm lucky that I uh, I, I don't I don't look at the uh, cash register when I do groceries, but I do see it's way way more expensive and. Um, 
yeah, I find it hard to actually say anything about it. Like I obviously it's bad and I think it's going to get well, Europe, I don't know, but America definitely, you know, like it's going to get uh, well, hope better before it becomes worse. But this is just, yeah. Yeah, I'm just in this system. So it's like what what it is like. Uh, I think I think it's very fr frustrating, to be honest, like. Yeah, you have to pay for your food and 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 your house and all these things, and and that is just what it is. Actually, I'm renting my house, and uh, each year the owner can like up the rent, right? And uh, there's like this formula that he can use, like a certain percentage plus like inflation. And uh, last year he would have been allowed to up my rent by nineteen percent. Whoa. And he told me, uh, I find that bullshit. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> cut it in half. And I said, well, okay, you know, like, uh, that's fair. Like, I'm happy I have that relationship with him. Sure. But yeah, uh, still almost 10% is... Uh, that's a lot. It, it, it's, it, it's a lot. But yeah, what can you do about it? That's, that's kind of the thing. Uh, so that's why I think it's frustrating in the sense that I'm really reading into it. But again, like, I... I, I I am not yet able to escape to uh, <laughs> El Salvador or something. So, <laughs> yeah, it just is what it is. But um, yeah, I find it I find it hard to project like what this is going to be. I think there's a lot of downstream effects from uh, from what is happening in America, to be honest. Uh, and I think that when um, when it becomes clear how difficult it's going to be to sell U.S. treasuries and that a lot of pension funds in this side of the world are actually U.S. treasuries, then uh, yeah, I don't really know what's going to happen, but I think it's not going to be uh, good. So, um, yeah, only thing uh, we can do is kind of prepare for that and uh, yeah, fix our, fix our, <laughs> fix what we can fix, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I appreciate you giving us that context because like, you mentioned this before it's like with the news you know your local news you're only getting so much if any uh information about like other countries mm -hmm. um i know like like here if there's a conflict in africa for example like we we're probably not going to hear about it or if if we do it we may hear like you know 500 people were killed in such and such conflict but that's about it there's no context whatsoever mm -hmm. so it's it's good to be able to kind of hear what's happening in the netherlands surrounding that i'm also wondering like is there a general feeling um, in your country or, or maybe just how do you feel about like the Euro? Like, are you worried that it's on the brink of some sort of financial collapse anytime soon? You, you'd mentioned how it dropped 30% over the last, was it 23 years? Yeah, I think from, from the introduction, I'll actually, so, you know, I, I'm not an economics person, uh, but from uh, actually, um, with, uh, Nico, uh, he had a great episode on uh, the What Is Money show about like the origins of the euro and uh, uh, how he views like the European situation. So perhaps that that could be like a nice one to to link to. Like that really helped me. Uh, I think he actually mentioned that um, the the euro design was initially better than you know any other other fiat system, still a fiat system, and and so yeah, that just inherently shows or well has flaws and then shows that you know the these flaws these foundational flaws are just um yeah eventually uh, showing up and that well as, as yeah as i mentioned like it, it's just a losing battle like money just 
is debased and and that is uh, i'd say like at the foundation of any fiat system um so i don't really know what's going to happen like again like i don't know um enough about that and i would recommend to to listen to that episode but yeah i think the the eu is very interesting like i i, I for me it makes sense as like a trading block right like all these countries together it's like free trade free travel like all these things like that that makes a lot of sense to me uh so it would also make sense to have like one currency i do think like all these um what's it called like foreign for uh, foreign exchange uh, trades and all this stuff like that's just a made up hobby <laughs> i almost want to say like i that doesn't really make sense to me so like one one currency to trade within a trading union conceptually makes sense um but yeah again like if that money is debased then it makes less uh <laughs> less sense so uh trading wise it does but like um culturally of course it's very different right it's not uh and nico talks about it in that podcast actually like they could have made it like the um, United States of Europe, basically, with like one government and like one leader and all these things, but they decided not to do it, which I think is a good thing because, yeah, Dutch people are different from Italian people and Italian people are different from Germans. Um, yeah, like in a cultural way, I'd say it's almost the same as in America, for example, like Texans are different than <laughs> Californians, right? Um, so... Yeah, I don't know if this is a coherent answer, to be honest. But I, 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 the honest answer is I don't really know. I do think it makes sense to have a coin, uh, a trading coin, basically currency, trading currency. But yeah, it has the same flaws as any fiat uh, system. So it, it is programmed to lose its value, basically, and that um, just like the U.S. dollar just doesn't make a lot of sense. So we, we should have an alternative, hopefully, to to that. Uh, I don't think anything is basically going to change there right like it's just uh it's just there and that is what it is yeah that's why you've got people in your community putting up those uh, bitcoin stickers <laughs> hopefully yeah i loved um on the central uh, european central bank they had this like nice um projection that said study bitcoin and i think that's a great two-word sentence right like yeah. you have to study it it's not about buying bitcoin i don't see bitcoin as an investment i see bitcoin as something where you can preserve your wealth from a faulty system to to a system that is provably better so i love the study bitcoin call to arms basically because that is what you have to do first before doing anything i'd say yeah well and not only that if if you don't study it if you don't actually understand what what it is you're buying that's when you end up with those weak hands i had a coworker who who he read the bitcoin standard or at least part of it he went out and bought bitcoin without me even telling him to, he just kind of went out and did huh. it. Um, but that was the extent of his sort of learning process. And when it dropped uh, quite a bit, he just panic sold. And I think if, if he had done really the learning, you know, sort of putting in those hours, I think he would have mm -hmm. had conviction. So yeah, I, I tell people the same thing. Don't buy yeah. it, just learn about it. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, most people, nine out of 10 will come to that sort of informed decision. Like I'm going to buy, hold, and sort of see how this thing plays out. Yeah. Awesome, well, I love awesome the framing bro. of selling your cash for Bitcoin and not buying Bitcoin with your cash. That's uh... that's right. Get rid of your dirty cuck bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, man. Um, this has been great. Uh, it's nice getting the the sort of Dutch context and learning about all these life lessons from you. Uh, if people want to find you, where can they uh, look? Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks again for the invite. I uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, yeah, easiest is if people follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm uh, Bram K, so B R A M K. Um, and uh, yeah, if they want to know my thoughts on Bitcoin, just read my pinned tweet, and then I think you'll get uh, pretty far. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for the invite. That's my pleasure. It's, it's been a great talk. And uh, I think we'll have to get you back on again. We can do a little bit of CB, CBDC talk and uh, who knows what else. All right, oh, man. Well. Take it easy. Let's do it. Cheers. Take care. Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. You can find me, Milan, on Twitter. My handle is at MilanNesic84. It's at M-I-L-A-N-N-E-S-I-C-8-4. If you want to write me, maybe you have a question idea for a show or even a guest my email address is milan at btcvsthebanks.com lastly if you want to help support the show see it grow you're welcome to donate via lightning and the address to send to is btcvsthebanks at fountain.com that's f-o-u-n-t-a-i-n dot f-m